0: The brothers Whist. The brothers, Whist, brothers Whist. The brothers. The brothers You're now listening to Greg it's the Hey everybody, this is Greg run. with the Brothers Wisp, number on 154, coming out of the motherland in Texas as always. As usual, as per the standard. And also we have uh Dynamite guest star, uh, Mikey Hammett how's it going yeah yeah excellent we haven't done a uh, dynamic duo one in quite a while so uh but uh, ironically this will probably be uh the last opportunity you're gonna have for quite a while because you have a special visitor coming yeah.
1: that uh by the time the next podcast is recorded uh i should uh should have a little song
0: <laughs> congratulations in advance I'm sure uh, you should definitely try and enjoy the sleep you can get now. Uh, Hang on to the last shreds, and I do mean shreds of sanity that remain for you. So, good, good, yeah, good luck.
1: (laughs) Yep, can't really afford to lose them. So,
0: (laughs) oh my goodness. All right, yeah, it's gonna be funny once. uh, Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I look forward to your uh, your updates in the future. All right. Well, let's see, uh, what do we have? We have our uh, normal cast of characters as far as sponsors go, but we also have a new patron. So some fine person went to patreon.com forward slash brothers wisp and they signed up and they got access to our patron only slack and all that good stuff. And it's Philip Lopez. So uh, welcome new brother, or should I say brother? All right, excellent. So we also have <laughs> Sonar and that is sonar.software. They are a scalable, intuitive, and comprehensive ISP billing and operational support system. So you guys should pop over to sonar.software and give them a little lucky loo We also have towercoverage.com. Tower coverage is your RF propagation system to empower your network. Real-time data, ma- burp. Real-time data metrics enable your coverage area, reaching your customer base and more. The industry's best RF propagation mapping system allows website integration for customer signup and pre-qualification. Use this data to scientifically plan your network expansion and help your WISC succeed. Get a free trial today at towercoverage.com. All right. We got those out of the way. So I have been blowing and going like crazy lately. So uh, I uh, I honestly, I have spent very little time in uh, in the Slack as of late. I've been... I'm trying to catch up, keep up as best I can, but you know, life uh, finds a way. Now I just have uh, been uh, been really busy. So uh, let's see, what have I been doing? <clears throat> I, I very seldom do updates on Greg. So uh, we are, you know, you guys know that I'm a salesperson, right? So I, I sell things for a living now, believe it or not, and it's not at the uh, cookie stop. Actually. Whoa! Something fell over in the uh, in the data center there. It's pretty scary. Something fell off the library shelf. but uh let's see so uh yeah, yeah so i actually went to uh oklahoma so i've started traveling a little bit again i think i might actually be gone towards the end of this month again trying to push that one across the line or maybe drag it across the line you know just sometimes you just need that little extra shove but uh i you know have you traveled have you traveled for work mike i'm sure i'm assuming you have at some point or another right um well, for, yeah. Not like I mean, a conference, you know, but, you know, like you're.
1: Yeah, because, like, you know, uh, I'm doing work for the IX, you know. I, you know, I go to St. <laughs> Louis or, or Indy.
0: So do you usually travel by yourself or are you with a team? Uh,
1: usually, usually myself. Uh, a couple of times I got Kate to go along with. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Yeah, usually just myself. All right. Well, I don't know
0: if you've ever traveled with salespeople before, but it's a different kind of experience. So (laughs) I've only ever traveled with like engineers before, and we're there to get a job done. We get the job done. Um, You know what? Like, so me, I think I am very atypical as far as sales folks go. Right? Like, I'm a teetotaler, so I don't drink. You are atypical. (laughs) We can just stop there. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't drink, you know, I don't like gamble. I don't like you know, I don't do any of that interesting stuff. I just do the boring crap. Uh and so I'm there with salespeople that are I'm not saying they're cliche salespeople, but they have some of those tendencies. So we uh what did we leave? I left the house at five fifty on Wednesday morning. So normally I just leave out of the airport here. You know when we take a little puddle jump from college station to either dallas or houston you pick up something and you go but man flights have been like so crazy lately with cancellations and like delays and all that stuff especially when you're heading out of these like little regionalized airports so i just said forget it i don't want to like risk it i don't want have to stress because it just like causes me stress like travel stresses me out you know what i mean like i'm always afraid i'm like am i going to miss my connecting flight and, I, and it happens from time to time and i just i don't know i just don't want to deal with it so i drove to houston and uh, we flew Southwest because this was like kind of last minute. So the price were, uh, the the rates were like skyrocketing, whatever. So anyway, so I left at like 5.50. So I didn't get a lot of sleep and we get there just fine. We do the thing, um, but we stay out with a customer until like 1.00 AM on Wednesday night. And so then we get back and then you like, you try and get to sleep, but then uh, we have to get up at like, 4 30 or 5 or something so it's like no sleep again and then thursday i'm supposed to be like you know like actually engaging with a customer all day long. <laughs> so i'm just like busted no sleep and then you know we end up staying out pretty late again and then you got to go back to sleep and then wake up at four to catch the, the early morning flight back dude so it's just like i'm just like i'm still recovering what is it saturday i'm still recovering from the and this is just like the last trip I went with salespeople, it's like they just they don't sleep. I mean it's fun. Like I love the engagement of like talking to customers and getting in there. And so like my kid was telling me uh earlier, uh he's kind of I don't know, he's, he's sort of got an interesting personality. He's like oh, you know what's the point of having a job? They all suck. You know, it's like they're only about money. I was like, dude, it's not just about money. He's like, oh you wouldn't be doing the job you are at Red Hat if it wasn't like for the money. I was like, no, no no. I was like I've worked at a lot of places that I was miserable at. This place, I actually enjoy. Like it challenges me in all these fun ways. Like I get to, uh, one, I get to like perform for customers, you know, and everybody likes to perform in whatever way speaks to them. But also, you know, I actually like genuinely get to help these people. So it's almost like a hackathon situation. A lot of times that I go out, you know, it's like, let's take a look at your playbooks. What are you trying to do over here? Let's brainstorm what we do over there. You know, and like at the end of the day, you leave them better than you you found them sort of thing. So oh, yeah, I love all that stuff. Jesus, the rest of the sales guys are trying to slowly Uh, kill me. I think
1: it's uh, a yeah, like I don't understand people that don't like. I guess I've just been fortunate that, like, you know, industry related jobs that I've had. You know, obviously, when I was younger, you know, I had you know, I worked at a warehouse, I worked at a restaurant, you know, type stuff that most people are going to be doing, but like, other than those, I've always thoroughly enjoyed everything that i did um and so like all these people that are so you know just you know in it for the money you know i see it in all the facebook groups whether it's tower climbers or you know underground construction or the it groups everyone's always just like you know screw those guys you know you can make another 50 tenths an hour go over there and it's just like but i like where i am like you know Like, I like what I am. I like what I'm doing. I like, like, how do you not, how are you working at a job you don't like? Like, isn't there a job you do like, (laughs) like, why don't you go work there? I don't. So yeah. Um, I guess
0: I'm just fortunate. Well, I mean, you say you're fortunate, but maybe also you're not the kind of person or the personality that's willing to put up with a crappy job. You're just like, if I don't like this, I'm going to go somewhere else. And uh, me and my stupid brain I'm like well I don't know that I can find a better one so I'm just gonna sit here and be miserable so that was, that was like me for quite a long time so it, I mean maybe maybe you've engineered it in such a way that you're finding jobs you enjoy
1: it, uh well and then I suppose that like I mean starting your own business that's kind of you have to like what you do well would you do it uh, start a business with your friends um, Yeah, that's, you got to enjoy the work to do it. You else would you start a business. Um, And then lately, you know, work with the fiber company. It's like, oh, I get to do the same thing I was doing by myself, only with a much bigger checkbook. (laughs) Even better. Yeah. And also, like, when you get to Um, that
0: level, you actually have a team of people, right? You can uh, have folks that you could, you know, depend on and all that stuff. Like, when you're a small business, it generally is you on all the things, huh?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, and actually, that has been some of the frustrating part. Is I bring on a team, and I was like, "Well, like I'm doing more work with the bigger team, so, you know." So there's definitely challenges, and uh, when you branch out beyond just you or just the initial people that you agree to team up with, there's lots of unknowns. That you know, it's like you know, also you realize that not everybody is, you know, has the same thought process as you do Not everybody's as gangbusters like you know they may be dedicated time wise but then like follow through is not as good um so it kind of starts to suck a little bit but you know as time goes on you convince other management hey we need to hire more hey we need to hire more you know hired somebody six months ago and hiring somebody else now so then hopefully uh and actually both of the people that i've hired are in our slacks <laughs> so, <laughs> well i mean um you know what
0: it's so scary trying to hire somebody just cold you know we don't have any like references that you know and all that stuff so yeah you know like if there is a forum where you're accustomed to seeing this person and knowing this person and interacting with them i mean it's yeah it's a nice way of picking up yeah. additional talent so yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. not saying that i've never uh poached or attempted to poach uh, from the Slack or are actively attempting to poach people from the Slack because I probably have and am at the moment. But
1: I didn't—I I was just <laughs> thinking
0: about it. I didn't want to say that like, I don't enjoy the team I work with. All of those people are a blast. Like I, I legitimately have fun the entire time. It's just, holy cow, you know, it's just, it's like I kind of, I have to like gird my loins because I know I'm about to get no sleep. I guess that's the only part it's just, you go into it knowing you're not going to get to sleep and you're just going to have to go, go, go. But it's it's honestly, it's fun. It's a blast. You get to eat a lot of awesome food, uh, <laughs> like at very cool places. And you get to meet all kinds of interesting people doing all kinds of interesting stuff. I got to, uh, what's the most interesting thing I ate? This go around, the most interesting thing I ate, I got a dessert that was uh, like, um, what do they call it? Like It was either creme brulee cheesecake or brulee cheesecake. And so imagine a wedge of cheesecake. And then they coat it in like that, I don't know, it's like tureen sugar or something like that. And they hit it with the blowtorch. And so, you know, like the crispy crust on top of a creme brulee, it's like a cheese, like a wedge of cheesecake coated in that. Dude, I crushed it. It was so delicious. It's Cold cheesecake on the inside, hot on the outside. Yeah. That crust. Oh, man, dude, it was killer.
1: Sounds like I could have, I don't know, half a dozen pieces I of that. I crushed
0: it. Dude, I like ate the whole thing myself. It was, um, I wasn't ashamed of anything. <laughs> it was awesome. But I definitely uh, had yeah. uh, a good time and enjoyed myself. But uh, it, yeah, I, like it takes me a, a day or two to recover after that stuff.
1: It, uh, well, like, you know, I guess, you know, it sounds kind of like, uh, you know, similar experience to if you go to a conference, <laughs> like, you know, you know, you know, mums are just, you know, one or two days. Um, but a whisper show, you're there all week. Um, so that, yeah, you know, that definitely, uh, pushes you over. I think, uh, one night this past, uh, past whisper show, I was, I was still up when my wife had woken up for work. <laughs>
0: I try and be um, somewhat reasonable at those conferences. So I, I get a, at least a, a modicum of sleep. I'm in it, the minority, um, I
1: think. and it's like you know it's not like i'm like you know getting hammered or going to clubs or or you know doing other risque things most of the time it's just you know like sitting at like the restaurant or bar that's in the hotel where all the other wisps are and you're just talking yeah. about crap yeah um you know it's just it it uh is a like I'm not out partying. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, obviously I'm having some drinks, but you know, I'm not getting hammered. You know, I might have six over the course of the whole night. Um And uh yeah, you no, know, it's it's uh it's a different experience.
0: Yeah, it's definitely fun. Disco around, what did I do that was interesting? I configured a map light. You know, those little micro ticks that are the size of a matchbook. I configured that to be uh, my travel router. So uh, I noticed that after that Windows update, like my L2TP VPNs are bricked on my uh, Windows laptop. So I was thinking, well, let me just take this little Map Light and I'll configure it to be my travel auto. So those those guys, um, yeah, about size of a book of matches. They have one little USB, what's that like, mini port, like a USB mini port, I think, to to power it. And then you've got one Ethernet jack on there. And so I configure that guy to connect to. I think it goes. SSTP, or no? Mm, I think I've got four VPNs. I know it's got OpenVPN, L2TP, uh, I think SSTP, and then like a hail mary on PPTP, right? Just just in case, so I'll have something. So it connects all of those simultaneously, and then I just use routing to pick which one I'm actually going to go over. So I'll always have like a route with with a route mark, right? So I, I create um like a, a different little um, routing table. So you do that in Mikrotik by giving a route mark to the routes. Uh, and Then I'll have four different default routes in there, each with different precedence level rates, with uh, the most secure having the lowest precedence. That way, if that interface actually comes up, it'll enable that route rule, and all of my traffic will just flow over that. If for whatever reason they're blocking the most secure, well then it just goes to the next one and then to the next one. So ultimately, my goal is at least one of these is going to come up and then it'll connect and go over it and so it makes my demo process like really seamless uh, because I do split tunneling. I guess I could tunnel all of my traffic out of there. It's not like it matters because pretty much everything I'm doing is just showing web pages, but uh, most of my infrastructure is not publicly accessible on the internet, right? So I'm doing like uh, Ansible automation platform, doing private automation hub, but then I'm collecting to, connecting to cloud resources like, uh, you know, I'll do Azure or, uh, Red Hat's like console interface and stuff like that, so it's you know it just makes it such a, a seamless interaction since everything's you know going over the VPN or I'm splitting either way, however I choose to do it. Another cool thing uh, on the ticks is they often have a myriad of LEDs on there, and on the map lights they've got one for wireless is connected, Ethernet's connected, power light, and then there's another one for like if you put it in cap mode. And so I just have mine connected. Or rather, I have um, a NetWatch script that tries to ping my VPN gateway. So uh, once they connect up, it's able to actually ping it. And if it responds, the NetWatch script turns on that extra LED. And if it isn't connected, it turns it you know, like if it fails to ping it, it just turns it off. That way, as soon as I like bring it up, I can see immediately just, you know, looking at the device itself, if it actually connected. And then I have like this, um, this Velcro that's kind of sticky on either side and I just have like a little piece on my laptop and I just kind of stick it right up there. So it's really convenient uh, to pop and go with it. Then I also put in like a bridge filter. So only my Mac addresses are allowed to actually like traverse the device just to add a little security there. Uh, It's not bulletproof, but it it does the trick. I was thinking you could also just have it so that uh, whenever it boots up, it turns off all the uh, VPN interfaces until you connect into Winbox and then turn them on. Cause that would, I mean, that would basically make it so that nobody could get in there, but it's like if somebody was to get it, how would they know like what my Mac addresses are or that I even, uh, (laughs) have it configured that way unless they listen to this podcast and then go really out of their way. (laughs) But ultimately it's just allowing (laughs) people into like web pages and stuff like that. So it's not really too super secure or too funky, but I really like them. The only, um, thing I would like to see different on those is that same form factor but with uh, a 24 radio and a five gig radio so right now they've only got two four radios built in i think it would be cool if you could do a little bit of both
1: yeah and then you know I can't imagine that that'd be too difficult to me said i mean the chipsets, a chipset chip you, know, you know how yeah yeah even the map the map form factor is
0: like two to three times as thick and a little bit bigger around, I would be happy with that too. Uh, like uh, in that same form factor, if that had five gig, but again, that one's only two gigahertz as well. So I like something small that does and five. I think that would be like the ultimate travel route just because it's so compact. And this time I traveled as light as I possibly could. So I only took my laptop bag and I was able to like fit my clothes and all my various sundries in that one bag and it was so convenient to travel just with a single bag i'm definitely going to try and go that route from now on if i possibly can Uh, it was so much easier to just get it in and off the plane and all that stuff and not have to fight with it and you're always like worried am i going to find like enough space like in the overhead compartment to pack my crap in if i have both bags and so it's just all that goes away and you just kind of zip zap and on your way so it was much easier also united For whatever reason, my uh, regular carry-on bag has wheels. And so I want to wheel that. And then my laptop bag has the little arm that, you know, pulls out. And I can wheel that too. And they were, like, giving me so much trash about having uh, my laptop bag with wheels. Like, you can't have two bags with wheels. They were just, like, throwing a fit over it. So I was having to, like, lower down the arm and, like, pull down the flap that covers the wheels. And then they were perfectly fine. Exact same bag. Right? It's just... The fact that the wheels weren't visible and I wasn't using them <laughs> made it okay somehow. I, I Such is life.
1: I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, I guess that was uh, that was me traveling. That was catching up with Greg. Let's see what else. Uh, what else do we have going? They're running Doom on a 2011. It's about time. I guess it's a real product finally. I mean, we've been waiting what twenty years. It, it, um,
1: now is it actually on, like, is it actually running? or, or I don't is know, man.
0: Like, like, it didn't look like they had any interfaces hooked up to be able to control it, so maybe it was just the demo video. I don't think we had any additional information on it.
1: Does a 2011 have a so. USB port? Ah. <laughs> so then you could hook you control controller up to that keyboard, keyboard, and mouse. Under your uh under your twenty eleven you could rock some doom. Yeah.
0: Uh, that's the that's the real mark of a quality product though, right? Can it's do it um, it's, uh well, you know, I'm sure they'll mm. I'm sure they'll tell us shortly. I think that was another one of uh Nick Arolano's TikTok finds. I keep I keep talking to more and more yeah, like I, actual I, adults that are using TikTok. It's making me it's making me wonder if I'm gonna succumb at some point. Right now, I don't think so, but who knows.
1: yeah i uh yeah i'm not too interested like 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 one person one time like i got like i went into like you know i went on tour you know incognito mode TikTok. okay just do something okay get out It's <laughs> was like i don't want anything to do with it <laughs> keep it away uh,
0: i'm actually a little afraid to get on there because i hear the algorithm is extremely good at like giving you this you know The stuff that will just turn your brain off and make you keep swiping and i'm afraid i'll fall down a hole so i really just want to avoid it all together and that way i don't have to worry about it let's see what else is going on um i've been doing a lot with the ansible automation platform 2.1 surprise surprise that's my product at uh, my main job so it's not uh, too outside of the realm of like possibilities that I would be doing that. but I've been doing a lot with execution environments. so it's interesting in that from like 1.x to 2.x, they've switched kind of primarily how you perform your automation. So now it fires up a, a little container, performs your automation, then ephemerally goes away which I think is it's a pretty cool concept. It makes a lot of the enterprise issues go away but it is a little bit um, funky to get started making the containers. I mean, they give you bases and they even have tools to build with, but it uh, it wasn't all in one place like the documentation. I know, Mike, uh, that you understand that I need you to explain something to me like I'm five years old. Like I need all the little steps, just hand feed it to me and none of that was there. So I spent, I don't know, like four or five days putting all that together, made a blog post about it. And it Apparently it went over pretty well. I think they're gonna adapt it to be part of the official documentation on execution environments, which I thought was pretty dope. My name won't be on it, but oh. I can look at it and you know, say, Oh man, I wrote that. That's cool. And you know
1: it That's yeah, fine. You don't have to you know, you know, other people don't have to know. It's like, yo, know, I did that. Yeah, well that's all I got, have got uh I've got it documented
0: for my uh, official uh like raise pro- or not raise, but uh promotion process. So <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna benefit me. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll feel better about sure. it, but also it's going to help me out <laughs> at the end of the day. But I don't know. I just thought that was kind of cool. You know, it's like, I don't think I've ever written something that uh, is going to be translated into like, you know, tons of different languages and be utilized by people all over the world. So I think that's that's kind of neat to think about, it, you know, although the LinkedIn learning stuff might be, no, I don't know if it's translated. Honestly, I have no idea if they translate that stuff. I know a lot of people post on LinkedIn that they've just uh, watched my course or gone through my course. And it's like in a different language when they're posting it. But I wonder if they see it nationalized or or regionalized, I guess that's the word, or if it's in English, I'm not sure. But that's kind of cool. And I wrote a blog post on doing it the manual way, but then I, of course, automated it. It's a little meta. You use the automation tool to build things for the automation tool. But it honestly turns it into you tweak a couple of files and you get repository and then you just tell it to build and it magics everything and installs everything. So that's pretty dope. So that was my, uh, that's what I've been working heavily on the last little bit. So prepping for, uh, projects for customers and doing that stuff. And then, man, while I was out, I got scheduled for like four things next week. So, uh, it's going to be a busy week coming up as well. So I don't know, man, I just, uh, really put my head down and, uh, stayed really busy with this stuff. So I haven't been inside of a, a router doing that stuff uh, very much. It's mostly just automating all the things, which is pretty cool, man. I really, uh, I really dig it. It's, uh, it's fun in a way that I haven't like had fun doing stuff in quite a while. So it's fun to be challenged again with uh, no stress (laughs) because I used to be challenged, but there was like a crazy amount of stress like this, this system can't fail you know it absolutely has to be bulletproof and now i don't do anything in production so it's pretty baller i'm digging it <laughs> it doesn't matter if it works <laughs> it's all smoke and mirrors it's like all hollywood right the ghost town looks great but if you look behind it it's just a, you know it's just a facade with two by fours propping it up so yeah no it's uh it's a lot of fun to build stuff for but that's me and my ruminations. What are you? Uh, you added some stuff down here. I know you and Ollie are always active in the Zone channel, trading stuff back and forth. I'm glad you were able to find some kind of other Zone nerd. You guys are definitely way down in the weeds. I poke in there occasionally, usually just to scroll down and mark it all as red, but because uh, I don't I don't know what you guys are talking about in there. You're always doing, you're all just some shenanigans. It's pretty neat, though.
1: Yeah, uh, so a a quick update. Uh, on my zone situation Um, so we finally got the new uh, management system updated enough where it works was it broken before? Um, they had to well so first it was I had ransomware take out the storage underneath the server Um, I didn't build the environment and I hadn't got around to redoing it but uh, if you go into an environment where someone has used a Windows server as the underlying storage for other servers um, fast lane that to be not (laughs) the case um, because that will just cause you problems Um, oddly enough yeah and so the server didn't have internet access and yet got ransomware so that was fun um, figuring all that out but anyway, so we lost a perfectly functioning zone management sister, uh, uh server, and then they wanted to... what's let's, let's rebuild using the new version. Okay. And uh, in December alone, I believe I was responsible for three or four service packs um, as they were fixing things that didn't work. Um, and so uh, eventually it now provisions correctly um, might even be able to do some more stuff through the GUI now. So that's great. Um, the team that was rebuilding it with me at zone, um, cause I, I, I can use the stuff, but I'm, you know, G pond can get so very complicated. Um, uh, you know I'm far from an expert. So I wasn't going to be the one building provisioning templates. Uh, and so uh, working with them to get it all figured out and uh, found out that the original team that put it together did something wrong. So then that's why I wasn't able to get the speeds that I wanted. And then we figured out the dial plans were wrong. That's why this couldn't happen. So there's been lots of zone problems mm. resolved. So when you're saying provisioning weeks, templates, that's
0: like uh, um, some really templates that get pushed to the CPEs?
1: Kind of. Uh, so in GPON, in most gpon um you actually configure the 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 chassis and then gpon has its own protocol omci for, that then configures the cpe so you don't have to actually touch the cpe ever other than plugging it in um it's sort of like you know tr69 except it's Inherent to the protocol. It's not something you're thrown on top um, So everything happens up at the chassis and um, and Yeah, you know, because you know choosing You know what what bridges and how you're gonna rate limit them and then what happens with each bridge when you do it and configuring the voice and then configuring You know what? you know how the networks, and then configuring the You know the the client side DHCP. You have to figure out all of that ahead of time on the chassis. Um, And most of it's not that difficult. It's just getting at some of the nuances of, you know, um, you know, making Wi-Fi work, but without over, you know, without forcing an SSID, without that, you know, overwriting it.
0: it, So just a lot of.
1: oh yeah a lot of knobs a lot of knobs. i mean it's it you know it's like you know (laughs) micro level of knobs um
0: how's the documentation for the zone stuff is it pretty good uh yeah
1: um well it's a mixed it's mixed because for some platforms they'll have three or four different sets of documentation like files for different aspects and then there'll be 1200 pages 1700 pages um, because there's so many things that configure, uh, of course, I've found that, like, with Microtik, historic microtech anyway, they've gotten a lot better at it over the past five years, you know, that, you know, they usually just tell you, this is the option, and this is what the option means, okay? Do I want it or not? They didn't tell, you know, wouldn't tell you. You have to know if you want it or not, um, so usually what I do is... Is you know uh, you know I'll email my SE and I'll be like hey, I want to do this. Show me the documentation where I can. <laughs> yeah, my
0: thing's gotten better about not just showing you uh, what the knobs are, but giving you they don't necessarily well they don't account for every scenario, but they start giving you kind of like scenario based configurations. Like uh, if you're trying to do these sorts of things, you know, and so it'll be like the top three use cases for sure. Uh, you know this feature. So like. Uh, Configuring VLANs, here's the top three ways we generally see people do it. And so it's kind of scenario-based. And I really like that, right? Because, um, you know, it shows you not just what the knob does, but here's how you kind of turn it in different areas. But then, yeah, you're right. Like, there's a lot in between that, you know, that doesn't get mentioned. There's a a whole novel of information that's also associated with that. But at least it gets you in the ballpark.
1: It's a... Oh, sure. And that's, you know... And that's fine. Like you know, get me in the ballpark, and then I can dig through the rest of the stuff. You know, you know, you know, set me on, you know, set me on the right road, and then I can figure it out from that documentation that says what every option does. But if I'm just given an eighteen hundred page file and say, "Have fun," uh, it's <laughs> take a long time to figure out. That's cool. How, how about their uh, their support um, staff? Are they pretty decent whenever but- you get a hold of them? um yeah so uh support has like actual you know like you know break fix support has always been great you know they'll you know they're more than glad to hop on a you know screen share with you to see the problem um you know if it's not really complicated and it's you know you doing something wrong you know they're even willing to just fix it for you um yeah yeah um but then uh, I didn't run into, like, my first problem was that, you know, rebuilding the main it took me five months Oof. to find somebody to do that. Um, you, know, go, you know, going to the VAR, going to the vendor, going, you know, ultimately, ultimately what ended up happening was uh, I went on Nanog and asked, hey, does anybody know how to do this? I'm willing to pay. I've been, <laughs> I've been willing to pay the whole time. Just make this happen. Happen and end up getting actually a different SE at my uh, reseller yeah uh, and then he's like oh wait you're a customer of ours crap I can't help you because you're not my guy um, Well, hey if it doesn't work out let me know and then the other guy was plodding along and you know he was I don't know anymore whether he was the problem or, you know the software was the problem because it was taking forever to get anything done and then uh, when we hired a new operations guy um Glenn you know he really lit a fire under zones behind and all of a sudden it was all hands on deck and yeah it still took two or three months to get it fully functional but you could see progress and then we started going at you know weekly calls and all right why haven't you done anything yet you know why is it still broken so okay got there in the end yep um, one disappointing thing is apparently not many people ever asked about, a guest Wi-Fi, because when I asked them, how do I do that? They're like, uh, maybe <laughs> this, let me check the developer, see if that'll work. And then, and then after a while, they're like, yeah, um, it was like, you know, sleight of hand. It was like, oh, hey, you know, we have this new partnership with Plume and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, this spring, you'll be able to do Hey, so what about the thing you had suggested before, like three weeks ago? Yeah, we have this new thick plume that we're okay. So apparently it d- <laughs> it doesn't work that well. <laughs> Try to set up a guest Wi Fi. Like, you know, not just another SSID, but like right. actual isolation from anything else. You know, for you know, for any sort of retail establishment, you know, you don't want your, you know, POS system on the same open Wi Fi as your customers. Uh, but yet you can't turn on client isolation because then how is your POS going to print to your POS right. printer? It's not. So, <laughs> uh, they, I was like, how have you been in business this long? i I'm, I'm the one that makes you figure out how to get <laughs> wireless. Like it's, I guess everybody else just uses
0: the CPE as like the D And then they stick another device in there and call it a day. huh?
1: Yeah, they must, but it's just like, like I've never, like, i I've been in favor of that because like it just adding more devices, more things, like you know, more things that go wrong. Like you know, yes, I have one more complicated thing to go wrong, but it's just like, you know, like how many times I've done an install, like back when I started my WISP, it was like every everything was separate. So I had a switch and an access point and a PE injector and this and like so, and like so many people were, like. Can't you just use less boxes? No, I can't. Um, You know, actually, uh, uh, one of my sales guys that doesn't live in our coverage area, and he got uh, fiber from uh, Metronet, and they had like a four or five box deployment as well. I'm like, how is it 2019, and people are still doing four or five box deployments? Like, does it... Yeah. doesn't even make any sense, you know? Yeah. Like they had the ont and then Wi-Fi and then TV Wi-fi because TV Wi-Fi wasn't the same <laughs> Wi-Fi as your Wi-Fi and then another box and I was like <laughs> good god how how does anybody find this acceptable I've dropped one box and I'm done other than businesses that gets up yeah, a little bit yeah fancier, I mean but.
0: yeah simplicity right it's the fewer number of products you have the lower the opportunity for them to screw something up or, you know, a device break or them, uh, oh, I'm going to move this around and then plug the ports in all wrong. And not to say they're not going to figure out a way to screw it up anyway, but might give them extra opportunities to do so. Sure, sure. Well, what do you have on uh, the list about pinging your infrastructure? What's, uh, What's going on there? So
1: there's... There's a a vendor um it's many people's uh you know love hate relationship vendor um they make a wider range of network and seemingly increasingly common consumer electronics uh equipment and um they have a ping function that you know on the, on their dashboard it'll it'll do a you know it'll graph ping over time so you can see you know how stable your internet is and then they also have failover modes where you can switch between two connections and you can choose between their hard set one which is you know ping dot their domain um or you can choose a custom you know test destination um well apparently choosing your custom test destination has no impact on what the device uses for the failover mode in detecting what's if the internet is up or down um their ping dot url or roll not url uh fqdn um just points to 8.8.8.8 and 1.1.1.1 um this company's large enough. They can afford a few of their own servers. Um, you're dancing like, around it, but I'm assuming you're talking about Ubiquiti. Um, <laughs> that would be a very good... <laughs> um, I mean, they could literally deploy hundreds or thousands of servers for ping destinations, and it would not break the bank. Yet, they use Google's, to which... Nobody has any control over, apparently, including Google, because last week, um, their Chicago instance of eight 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 just stopped responding reliably, well, reliably to ICMP for about 18 hours, uh, which manifested itself in these ubiquity products of mm. the Internet flapping from one interface to another. The rest of the internet worked fine. Um, but uh, it kept flapping back and forth, which is great for phone calls, especially when you have a business that often engages in very long phone calls. <laughs> um, while the internet seems to be working fine because the internet doesn't really care that you switch from one to the other, the phones do. Um And so then I went to complain, um, as one may
0: Hmm.
1: be shocked to find out that I did. Um, Additionally, I went to the Nanog mailing list and asked if there was official documentation uh, stating that, you know, these resources are not to be used in that way. And, you know, oddly enough, uh, because of the outage, it also happened at the same time someone else Hmm. was asking about it on the outages mailing list. And I found some Google links through that that you know they don't say don't do it, but they just it's, it's all the disclaimers of you know it's not reliable yeah, and blah it's the best blah. You should service. depend on it, and so on, so on. Which of, yeah, which of course means that all hardware manufacturers should just hard code <sighs> that in there as the test destination when they say they you shouldn't. Um, so this log list uh, thread actually uh, evolved into uh, people trying to figure out what we should build as a purpose-built ping destination you know what you know how can we best facilitate this um i'm going to type bait because it's it's easy to remember it's easy to type but i like to think that that's not the low-hanging fruit of the problem um you know how many devices Tens of millions, hundreds of millions of devices out there would have hard set whatever the manufacturer said to be testing to um, not just ubiquity you know, I guess Meraki was doing it. Uh, you can change it now with Meraki, but it must still be mm-hmm. the default and several others like why not make something meant to take pings optimized for pings like why so then yeah. they're trying to While they that get out. that sorted. And no. your
0: customers are flapping like crazy for 18 hours. What's a what's a workaround you could do to fix it? I was thinking you could inside your network you could redirect uh, 8888's ICMP pings to just the local router or something like that. The way it like appeared to be up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so what I so what I ended up doing. I mean, you know, in Mechatik you could make a firewall rule that does anything. You could, you know, that's that's the power of Macri-tick, You know, you know, you, you could take that packet, in, you know, inbound packet, and make it do whatever you wanted it to do. Um, but uh, uh, Ubiquity did. Uh, I was able to make a uh, JSON config file that changed what the what the fields were set to for what the ping destinations were. So then I, I made one of those, pointing it to the server that I wanted it to talk to in the first place, and uh, threw that into the environment, and problem went away. Um, now that just means that now I have one server that is the source of problem, uh, and it's mine, so I can't <laughs> blame somebody else. Um, but I don't know that I've ever had a problem with it, so um, knock on wood...
0: Yeah. I used to use the backbone routers at the data center I worked for. That was my kind of go-to. It's, you know, pretty reliable that those guys were going to be up. Not to say you know if there wasn't some wackiness out on the internet, people would have trouble reaching it. But if you were uh, if you were inside, at least it was. Well, you know what? And even then, it was pretty stable, pretty functional. So yeah, I can't imagine why the major carriers couldn't drop you know a device in there every so it, often.
1: It's, um, and, and, you know, this conversations had so many different things, you know, people trying to solve so many different problems of, you know, some people are, are taking it all the way to the, you know, how can it, like, you know, how can be something to automatically diagnose all internet problems? It's just like, <laughs> let's start a <let's> little <laughs> hanging fruit. Like, and, you know, and any casted network, whose job is to respond to pings? let's just <laughs> oh let's not try to solve all the world's problems let's just solve <laughs> one of them um layered approach from there. start at the beginning um yeah um but you know who knows if it's going to go anywhere but you know you know there's still a conversation a week later so i'm hopeful that right, cool. that it'll keep moving all right well what's next on the list bud Uh, So, I've, uh, in the past, Sonar has been, uh, has gotten quite a reputation for not being communicative, not being transparent. Um, You don't really know what's going on. Um, And uh, this year, they've been pretty good about that. Uh, Last month, they had some pretty big, uh, perhaps Azure-related, but... Definitely the ball also in their court problems. And, uh, you know, they had a, you know, a uh, RFO that, well, not the world's best RFO compared to what they had done before, it was else better. And then um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, oh, no, actually, I guess the maintenance is happening today. They put out a, hey, we have some planned maintenance. We're going to do this and this and this on the 12th. Um, I don't know that ever got one of those ever before saying, Hey, we're gonna do this work in the future. Um, so props to them for getting better at communicating. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're I'm terrible at it too, but um, you know, I don't have lots of people (laughs) paying me complaining about it. No, that
0: I mean, that makes (laughs) me think of like, um, the one day where we just all of a sudden got these really verbose change logs out of MicroTik, you remember that like there used to be virtually nothing in there and then all of a sudden <laughs> Fix, <laughs> fixed routing. Yeah. or the change okay. log would be like four entries Thanks. long and you know that there was like 50 things that they either added changed yeah so now they're extremely uh verbose i guess extremely rose compared to where they used to be so it's uh, you know they're always uh, always improving, so it's good to see other vendors kind of jumping on that uh, on that bandwagon as well.
1: Yep, yep. So so you know, for those that still are listening, that um do not off do not always appreciate the <laughs> tone and approach that I take. <laughs> eat that one. Eat that one.
0: I give you a thumbs up. That's right. Mikey's growing. <laughs> he's learning.
1: <laughs> now, don't get me wrong if it goes the other direction <laughs> i'll be just as vocal but that, <laughs> you know
0: like to that end um it really is easy to bag on people but uh you know oftentimes we forget to celebrate their successes right so it's good on you bud
1: it's uh i try because if if you just do you know if you just bag on someone all the time you know you you're, you're Comments are going to be taken less seriously because you don't, you know, you're just, you're just wailing. You know, <laughs> it's just like, you know, you know, modern news. It's just, you know, you're, you know, wherever you go, there's wailing against one thing. It doesn't matter what it is. There's always wail against it. No one ever says well, anything Well, ultimately, good.
0: I just assumed you were trying so, to neg them to uh, in an attempt to make them want you even more. So. Success. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, what's, uh, I saw you pop in the update. In the Slack earlier about the CR, no, the CCR 211.6, it's BGP performance. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Well, um, I spent probably the first, well, most of the time that you were talking during the podcast so far <laughs> trying to find the original post that Kevin Myers did, and I was unsuccessful. Um, darn you, Facebook. Um, but, like, uh, he had mentioned that, um, and I mm. can't be quoting now because I couldn't find it. Um, but, you know, there was some, you know, BGP, you know, some full table BGP performance uh, information that they've uh, been doing. I um, guess uh has made a new, like, route simulator type thing that will take, you know, full tables and do stuff with it. Um, and the 2116 actually had a better performance than a juniper mx or in now Cisco was that like loading
0: full tables like completion time start to finish
1: um i believe uh loading and
0: okay. empty that's interesting so I, I know andrew thrift weighed in a little bit on this and so i love to misquote him let's let's both have uh, have a swing at it because that's always enjoyable But he was saying something about the routing image or image uh, routing system on the MX and the ASRs is a little bit older, right? Whereas the, you know, the Microtik one is just built from scratch just recently. So hopefully it's taking advantage of the most uh, uh, efficient processes as is possible, you know, to, to get those numbers. Now, I think he did also say that once you start adding some of the filtering into the Microtik, Uh, bgp process that performance is probably going to be a little bit more in line with the juniper mx so to me that suggests that they did this testing with zero filtering it was just raw table coming in no filter associated with it so maybe once you start uh, throwing some of that stuff in right i mean that which makes sense right it's going to have to start uh performing processing on this stuff and i'm assuming the mx and the asr are going to do all that in hardware as opposed to microtik doing that uh, filtering probably in software, huh? Which is going to slow it down and kind of even them out. But uh, honestly, we don't. I don't think we have any solid data on that yet. But it's it's intriguing, nonetheless. Is it not, Mike?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, um, and it's just nice to see that, like, you know, and you know, rightfully so. You know, for a long time, people have been bagging on, you know, CCR, BGP performance. Um, and unfairly you know extrapolating that to all of microtech um but yeah you know, it's nice to see that on you know fresh CCR hardware with the fresh software um that we're now in the same ballpark as people that call it's exciting way, times way, way, we way, live way, in my good more. man yeah yeah that um you know it's uh yeah you know, there's um you know as I look at things you know I'll probably still stay stay with chr uh for now but uh you know who knows you know maybe uh you know maybe there'll be another ccr 2000 era device on the way that uh mm. makes me uh change yeah my mind.
0: i think for my really heavy lifting i'm probably going to stick with chr just for the moment but you know uh, there could quickly come a day well, how do i say quickly chip shortages nothing's happening quick right now but there could feasibly come a day in the not too distant future where uh, we see kind of the hardware offloading in the MicroTix really start showing some advantages that uh, would make it preferable over uh, CHR in some scenarios. I know it's going to run a lot uh, more power efficient, a lot more fuel efficient in, uh, in most scenarios I would assume rather than a server that's going to be running the CHR infrastructure. Um, but then, you know, I don't know, I, I kind of like running stuff on CHR because I can also do all kinds of other funky stuff on that server. So I can load up all kinds of other VMs doing other interesting things that can kind of help me along. But also, now that I'm thinking about it, Microtik's flaunting with the, uh, the Docker stuff, right? To be able to run containers and things like that. So, hmm. I think once they get the container stuff nailed down, I'm gonna figure out a way to use the ticks as execution nodes for the Ansible automation platform, that'll be cool. So, I'll have them as like remote execution nodes, and then my nice. centralized controller will just like fire it off down to there and let it perform its execution inside. So it can kind of uh, do like little secure connectivity in. I think that'll be cool.
1: Nice. Yeah. It's, um. Yeah. Just yeah. You know, I just pulled up here that the uh, yeah, So the CRS three one seven uh ipv4 routes it'll do 160k to 100 or to 240k routes in hardware um yeah which obviously is not a full table but it's definitely everything you care about uh um, yeah if
0: you're running like in, it, these guys are on the inside I you're mean, not going to be using it as your border router but on the inside yeah you could do some stuff
1: well i mean oh uh, and then uh i I'm not as exposed to other platforms as a lot of other people are, but um, one thing that Micrtek sure to point out is that um, it's not like you're going to hit the wall and then everything else falls on the floor. You know, um, the rest is just then routed by the CPU, which obviously the CRS series doesn't have a big CPU, but um, it, it did mention though that. Uh, what was it uh, Microtech Smart Connection Offload algorithm ensures that connections with the most traffic are offloaded to the hardware. Um, Over oh, net, never mind. Maybe that doesn't apply at <laughs> the route table.
0: Still interesting. What's the what's the full uh, table up but, to now? Like like around eight hundred thousand routes. Uh,
1: I I was actually doing some maintenance on my infrastructure this morning, and one of my uh, transits was over nine hundred.
0: nine hundred thousand. Is that also like uh hitting um like an internet exchange or something like that? Uh
1: so I'm looking at, let me see here. Uh there's currently um it's currently running at nine hundred thousand four hundred and six routes.
0: I'm looking at the uh the um, routes I'm pulling from Fibertown and Brian. I've got eight hundred sixty nine thousand so yeah man Bump it right up on it
1: yeah yeah it, um, yeah and that uh, um, I think it was a bit more than than uh, my other uh, carrier but uh, so you know maybe that one is including a bit more I mean I know that they are on some IXs, um, so that probably helps their numbers but yeah eight 866, 699 on, on my other one, so S- similar to your uh, Fibertown. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, but, you know, you're going to fit in 160,000 routes. You're definitely going to get anything you care about is going to fit there. I mean, you know, back when you were running, what was it, Border 6, you know, how much of your traffic was in how many routes?
0: Oh, man, I have no idea. I can. It's crazy how much information has fallen out of my okay. brain since I've left that place. <laughs> I think it was sure anxiety well, and stress well, that was in my brain. Uh, no, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. It was the vast majority of it was coming. Well, at least from a couple of a uh, handful of ASNs. I don't know about uh specific routes itself, but ASNs for sure. The vast majority was coming, you know, like from your, your Facebook, Google, the apple networks you know what i mean just your your heavy hitters and then your cdn networks you know those that's really where the vast majority of our, i guess i could say the bulk of the traffic was was going from and to so yeah
1: yeah yeah um, um yeah you know so that should handle most of what you need to do um you know but then looking at some of the you know and the ccr 2000 series um you know they they don't have a, a large hardware route functions you know 16k to 30k um you know that's still that that's still probably good enough to handle um you know most of what you would care about um but uh but you know but now with the benefit of being on a CPU large enough to handle sure. the rest of them. Um, um. Yes, yes. Like, yo, I just checked my uh, routes on the IX. Netflix has nine routes. Akamai has thirty-seven. You know, Facebook has forty-four. So yeah, um, <laughs> sixteen thousand routes should be more than enough to handle all the all the big talkers for sure
0: you just filter it out to uh to get just to the uh, and go to town
1: yep yep and then just you know you know moving all your high talkers off at wire speed that's hey, you can make it certainly happen. helpful
0: <laughs> you and the captain can make it happen all right man
1: well what else you got i uh I don't know. I have not been uh,
0: paying yeah, a lot of attention I to things. I really had my head uh, down, uh, trying to get a lot of this stuff done. You know, switching over to a brand new version of a product, and it's moving in all different ways, and helping to develop some documentation and all this is just... Man, I've been absolutely just covered up, just consumed, and it doesn't seem like it's going to slow down for a little minute. So, I think I'm going to continue to have my head down. So, hopefully, hopefully the guys in the uh, the Slack will. Stay on top of things, and uh, we'll just make them get on here and tell us all about what's going on. That's kind of the easiest way to do it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. uh, I say that most of my time lately has been chewed up in that uh, we had let our outside plant manager go a few months ago. And uh, now that I'm going back through trying to fill in things, I'm like, well, where's the documentation that says this? (laughs) <laughs> oh, it wasn't completed. So let's see. Oh, the parts that were completed, half of it's wrong. So now, with it being frozen outside, um, I had to put together a plan to then have my guys go up, go and open up every single splice case and nice. document what it is. And there's
0: zero danger with opening splice cases one after another, right? Completely safe. Yeah, <laughs>
1: nothing could ever go wrong. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no. But, um, I was, uh, I was very apprehensive, and like you know, first I was trying to figure out what can I possibly do to figure all this out without opening up splice cases. And then when it was like, okay, well, the documentation that we do have, combined with what we've learned in the field, you know, without opening splice cases. Yeah, there's still too many points or like there's a big hole in the middle and now I've, mm. I've turned up new customers it's like okay well where do I yeah, take those strands it Doesn't from? sound like there
0: was anything for it just had to get in there and do it I don't. you know while you're talking about opening up splice cases that reminds me I saw a bunch of pictures um, not that I'm constantly in there but I was just scrolling through and saw them of like the uh, it's either the fiber group you invited me to or wisp talk but it was people opening up their splice cases and they were just solid bricks of ice inside You.
1: <laughs> you, you you didn't oh, find any yeah. of that did you I seen uh I haven't heard any yet uh I'm yeah, sure that dude. they would have told us if they did um but, um I think I think most of the time um most of the time that's from just people just not closing it properly and then water gets in and then once water gets in and then it's freezing then it yeah yeah nothing for freezes. I guess
0: it was just slowly filling up over time and just holding it in there and then yeah here comes uh here comes the cold weather. We freeze it would probably crack and explode the the case and oh that just makes it worse yeah good times i'm sure i'm sure those people were having uh, yeah. really good days really good
1: weeks it uh it's um on the one customer uh it wasn't uh, a couple weeks ago um the handhole was next to like a business's parking lot and the business when it was clearing the parking lot it put the snow into the, you know, went past the sidewalk and put it in the little parkway between the sidewalk and the street. The entire parking lot's worth of snow. So there's there's a snow is piled six foot high. We <laughs> don't know where the handhole is. Uh, um, so I it's like okay guys, you know, come back. You know, I have a bobcat. You know, Monday I guess I'll load it up. And I'll go out there, start, you know, scooping around. Uh, see if we can find it. And then, you know, as we're out there, uh, the, um, business owner actually saw us, there working and, you know, you know, said what I, you know, I said what we were doing. He's like, Oh, it's, uh, it's right there. Like, I know because I had to plant the grass around it. I'm like, we've paid people lots of money to go do all the restoration. Sometimes more than once. It's like, Oh yeah, I know they came out and they put some, you know, you know, fancy grass matting on, staked it down and stuff. But the problem was that they left rocks the size of potatoes in there. Um, And what do I do? Mow around them? So I had to pull all that crap out and then just reseed it. So, yes, I know where the handle (laughs) is. It's right there. (laughs) Okay. And sure enough, get the bobcat scooped right there. Awesome. That's where it was. Um, So my guys screwing off earlier uh, made this particular moment a lot easier very nice
0: <laughs> yeah i don't miss doing locates that used to be uh such a pain in the butt because we only had ever had to do locates when it was like 102 degrees outside with like 80 percent humidity it was never when it was like a nice pretty day where you wanted to go for a walk
1: yeah um yeah and so thankfully uh we have a guy that does that um i don't have to do that ever um and actually, one nice thing is that uh, he actually used to—he uh, uh, actually used to work for uh, USIC. Um, they do get a ton of deserved, uh, uh, you know, bad comments, but he was actually one of the good ones, and he—he uh, he got let go because he informed his boss of his poor decisions. Um, and so, uh, you know, our contractors actually had recommended him at one point. Yeah, hey, you know, if you need, you know, if you ever need to hire a locator, call this guy. And sure enough, you know, when the last guy didn't work out, we we called him and works for us, and he does a wonderful job. Um, <laughs> it's most wonderful because it's not. <laughs> I me hear though. that man.
0: I'm getting too old for that stuff. I'm like Danny Glover and Lethal Weapon, <clears throat> which I think he was pretty close to my <laughs> age in that movie. So you know. I definitely understand where he was coming from. All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's stick a fork in it. Nice. Let's uh, let's do the thing. All right, Mikey. Sounds I good. I know you are absolutely not going to be around, uh, <laughs> especially in the coming weeks. So, if uh, you want to redirect somebody a different direction, where would you have them go? Uh, Patreon dot com <laughs> forward slash Brotherswitch. That's what. That's what I figured. Well, hope well, you, you guys can find me at Greg at GregSoul.com, or I'm very regularly blogging at com as well. Uh, you can also contact us at thebrotherswisp.com. I mean, all that stuff comes in the same place, so you can get a hold of us, feel free. Um, if you guys have any questions, comments, anything you want to see or do, or you want to be on here yourself, because, uh, you know, Mikey and I are. are too busy uh we'll to be put upon to actually put together some decent content then uh, feel free to let us know uh thank you guys and uh thank you mike and see you guys next time mike. Mike. all right let me you go find my stop button really just, just give us a listen because fun is the mission i'm telling you